Welcome to Camp Glory's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this week's encouraging message by Pastor Sam Fine. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. And in verse 8, he begins to speak to the church in Smyrna. And he says this, And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, The first and the last, who was dead and has come to life, says this, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you're rich. And the blasphemy by those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison so that you'll be tested and you will have tribulation for 10 days. Be faithful until death and he will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. Christ is speaking directly to the church in Smyrna, which is in Asia Minor, which is one of the seven churches in Revelation. But as he's speaking this word to Smyrna, even though it was 2,000 years ago, this word, as we begin to unpack it, is just as relevant for today as it was back then. So he was writing to the church to give them hope and encouragement to stand strong in what they were going through in life. And all the struggles that they were experiencing, it wasn't going to be in vain what they were dealing with in terms of the Roman Empire, the oppression that Rome was putting upon Smyrna. And in that, he was just saying, be of good cheer. Be of, of having hope within your heart that all the toil and the struggles that you're going through, there is going to be a reward that's given to you, and it's going to be worth it. So he's making it pretty clear. And as Jesus even told the disciples, he even told them, you know, they persecuted me, and in the same way they persecuted me, they're also going to persecute you. So he kind of lays out this truth, basically helping us understand that we shouldn't be alarmed when persecution comes upon us or when we're dealing with something that is very difficult. It happened to him, so it's going to happen to us. So how we walk through that when things come at us that are very difficult will determine how we walk out our destiny on this earth. So when persecution came to the church in Smyrna, which was in the Roman world, I'm sure for them it was very lonely, it was very dark. They were being, um, families were, were throwing other families um, into prison. Uh, they were being alienated and they were being left alone. So it was a very dark and challenging time for the church in Smyrna. But the Lord is coming alongside the church to give the church encouragement to say it's going to be okay. I know it's difficult, but what you're experiencing is going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it because there's a reward that I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a crown. I'm going to give you a crown that is going to honor you for how you were willing to lay down yourself, 
You were willing to lay down everything that you had for me. And in that, I'm taking note of it. And I have a, a reward and a prize for you for all that you've gone through. He said this in verse 10. He says, do not fear what you're about to suffer. For behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison so that you will be tested and you will have tribulation for 10 days. Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. You know, we all need to kind of like pause and remember that that each of us, what we're going through in life, each week, there are challenges. I imagine some of you this week had some challenges, did you not? There were challenges that each of us were facing. And either, you know, in, in, in those challenges, sometimes we can actually say, probably within our hearts, I don't know if we're going to say it out loud, but we're going to say, is this really worth it? And there's times when we might even want to throw in the towel. Say, you know what? I've just had enough. I've just had enough. And it's understandable why some of us might want to throw in the towel. We might want to give up. But just as Jesus came along the church in Smyrna to encourage them, the Lord wants to come alongside you this day, and he wants to encourage you and let you know it's worth it. I have something for you at the end of your life that will bless you beyond what you could ever imagine. You know, a crown is similar to what uh, Victor's laurel wreath was granted to Olympians who won races. It was kind of like a wreath, and it, it had, you know, little leaves on it and everything. But the crown that was given back then was a crown that was always going to be fading. It was always going to be withering. It was always going to be dying. But the Lord Jesus is, is going to begin to talk about a crown that is going to be given to us that is going to be everlasting. It's not going to fade away. It's not going to be something that, you know, just kind of gathers dust. It's going to be something that is going to be with us forever to honor us. But I want to look at a contrast of, of two coronations. Um, if we could pull up a little screen here. There's a, little, there's a painting here. Who, who knows who this is? It's Napoleon Bonaparte. Little corporal. Well, during Napoleon's coronation, he was, the cathedral was a throng. Their people were filled everywhere. There was a throng of people in honor of him. He had just conquered all of Europe. He had all the riches and the Pope gets ready to crown him. So the Pope has the crown in his hand. And what does Napoleon do? He doesn't bow his knee. He doesn't humble himself. He seizes the crown from the Pope. And he rips it out of his hands and he plops it on his head. Like, how's that look? He just took the initiative and he seized it and he took it. And he put it on his head. I mean, that was a very arrogant move on his part. But he took it. Eleven years later, Napoleon finds himself abandoned on an island. 
and he's starving, and he gets sick, and he eventually dies alone on an island because he was conquered, and he was left alone. One day, you and I are going to receive a crown from the Lord Jesus. But we're not going to seize our crown. It's going to be given to us. It's going to be given to us as a reward for what we have been willing to sacrifice in ourself in honor to the Lord. Because you allowed the Lord Jesus to conquer territories within your own life, your own personal kingdoms, the garden of your heart, you've allowed God to occupy the territories, the regions within your life. And because you were willing to lay down your pride, because you were willing to give up everything for him, because you were willing to, to let him have those areas of fear that you struggle with, because you were willing to let him have those areas where you've struggled with, with lust and with greed and with, with control, wanting to be in control, you were willing to surrender all the regions of your heart, the sacrifice of yourself, and you were willing for the Lord Jesus to occupy, occupy you, to reign within you, and to be Lord of you. That the King of Kings would sit on the throne of your heart and you would declare that He is Lord and you're not. And you're surrendering everything to Him. And because of the set, because I'm, listen, listen, how many of you going through challenging times, all of a sudden things surface come up in your life. And you're like, how, how, it's not like it just slipped up on you, but it surfaced up within you, and you're like, oh, I don't like that. But you know, sometimes when it gets hot in the kitchen, things are brought up in our lives. And when God surfaces these things in your life because of the struggles that you're going through, we have a decision at that moment. Are we going to let that fear reign and rule in our hearts? Or are we going to surrender it to the Lord Jesus and realize it's got to bow to his name? And because of the blood of the lamb, fear has no place in me. It is the absolute surrender of every aspect of your life, being willing to die for him within so that he might reign within your own personal life. And Jesus is saying, those that are willing to sacrifice themselves are going to receive a crown. A crown that is imperishable. A crown that will be an honor to you for being willing to sacrifice it all for him. I don't know about you, but I like to win. You know, when I run a race, when I participate in anything, I'm a competitor. I think Brian is a competitor too. When you play something, do you like to lose? No. I don't like to lose either. But we have a race to run that's set before us. 
And we must run the race that we might win. Either we buffet our bodies, we do whatever is necessary because we're going to win. I don't like to lose. My walk, my journey, my destiny with the Lord is requiring me to have the mindset that I am going to be a success in Jesus. And with that mindset, I'm going to run the race before me. And whatever the struggle might be that I'm going through, whatever it might surfacing up within me, the Lord is saying it's worth it. I know in this last season, whatever your season might have been, I really had this understanding, this mindset that there's been some here that have gone through a real crucible in your own personal lives. And the crucible has been intense. And in this crucible, things have come up to the surface. And you've been willing to say, Lord, take it from me. Just take it, remove it from my life. In this last season of time, I've gone through a crucible and it's been intense. But my heart's desire is, Lord, I want you more than anything else. Do what you have to do in my life and surface those things. Deal with these areas of my life because I want him to occupy everything in me. I want him to have all of my life. You know, knowing that there's a reward that's going to be given to us makes it worth it. Makes all that we're going through on this earth worth it. You know, when the Lord spoke to me very clearly that Eliza was to be my wife, I had such excitement in my heart. And listen, I I love it to this day. I can look in the front of my book. You know, I'll, I, have, I have a lot of special things in my book. I got, these are the ink prints of my children's feet. I got all kinds of mementos. But one thing that is probably more precious to me than anything are the date, is the date here when the Lord gave me the vision of my wife. And he, he said some very special things about my wife, and I'm supposed not to read them out loud. My wife says amen. But I, I'm reading them. And this was a promise to me, and I was so excited in my heart that the Lord told me I was going to have a wife, and he showed me it was her. And I didn't know it, but the Lord also showed Eliza that I was to be her husband. Well, that posed a little bit of a problem because At the time, she ended up getting engaged to somebody else. So you might be thinking, huh? You was engaged. Okay, so I won't go into it fully, but the story goes like this. We understood that we were to be married. But you know, engagement seasons can be challenging, can they not? It was like God saying, I have an opportunity here, and I'm going to seize this opportunity. And through our engagement period, it was very challenging because it surfaced a lot of things in my heart, and it surfaced a lot of things in Eliza's heart. And we looked at each other one day, and we said, you know what? 
if we didn't know that we were to be married, that we were to be with each other forever, I don't know if we'd stay in this, if we would stick, it, stick through all that we were going through. Because, you know, we were young, but we both had been through a lot of life before we met each other. And God was allowing things to surface in our hearts. And we had an opportunity to deal with those areas in our lives and allow God to occupy and rule those areas in our lives, or we could just walk away. But knowing that we had a gift in one another, knowing that we would be together forever, gave me the desire and, and the willingness to say it is worth it because I have a prize that's going to be given to me one day. This is my beautiful wife. And today, I am so grateful for my wife. I'm so grateful for the 30 years, almost 30 years that we've been married together. But the beautiful thing about it, I had a reason to help me go through it, and that is I was going to be receiving a beautiful prize of a beautiful wife. And it made it all worth it to me. You know, the Apostle Paul fully understood what it meant to be receiving a crown. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. Finally, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And to me, not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Listen to that. It's not only applying to Paul. He's not only the one receiving a crown. He's saying to all those who loved his appearing. Well, that's you and me. That's us. That we're going to be receiving a crown. So each of our destiny is one day to wear a crown. But you know what? Before that day arrives... We must consider the fact that God has destined you to wear another crown right now. So let's look at uh, Revelation 5.10. Speaking of those who had been redeemed to God by Christ's blood, says it all. You have made them into kings and priests for our God, and they will rule on the earth. So we first understand that we are called kings and priests. But before we wear our glorious crown in that day, we must bear another type of crown, and that's Hebrews 2.9, which says this. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death forevermore. For it was fitting for him... For whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory, make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. So the reality is I've heard it said that before we can wear, we can bear a crown, we must bear a cross. The reality is, is that we are to, to carry a cross 
and to experience the pain that comes through the things that we experience here on this earth. But it's important to remember that even though we're going through things on this earth, that we must care for this crown now even before we receive it before the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it says in Revelations 3.11, Hold fast to what you have that no one may take your crown. He's saying lay, hold, to the, hold fast to the reality of the fact that you're going to be given a crown one day and let no one take your crown. So what this is saying is, is that there's things that we can go through that can actually cause us to lose the crown that we're to be receiving one day before the Lord Jesus Christ. One of those things could be found in Matthew 24, where it says not to get offended with another brother. Because the scripture says in the last days, in Matthew 24, that many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. So allowing an offense to get in one's heart, that offense, if it takes root, can turn into bitterness. And then bitterness over time, as you read on in the scripture, it says that their hearts began to grow cold and they fell away. So the reality is, is that we've got to be mindful of the fact of not getting offended over things that are happening in our lives with what people do, with what people say. Getting an offense in your heart is like, over time, kryptonite. It causes you to feel powerless. It has a hold on you. But in these struggles that we're going through, it can be the very thing that is causing us to potentially not be receiving the crown that we've been deserving for all the things that we've been going through in life. So stay offense-free. Let your life be like Teflon. Don't allow the fence to penetrate into your heart and cause you to lose the precious crown that you're going to be receiving. Eliza and I went to hear Handel's Messiah um, a couple years ago which was an incredible experience for me because I've never, I've never gone to an, a, a concert like that before, a performance. And towards the end of the concert, Eliza says, watch what's getting ready to happen. Watch what's getting ready to happen. So all of a sudden, they started singing the hallelujah, the hallelujah chorus in this beautiful, beautiful concert. And they start singing it so loud, and everybody was so touched that all of a sudden, everybody is simultaneously, it's like no one had to say anything. Everybody started to rise, and they rose up singing the hallelujah chorus. And I'm just like, I'm looking back and going, oh my goodness. I mean, we're talking like 5,000 people singing the hallelujah chorus. And at that moment, it was just like God's presence just came into the place. And I was like, Dan, if Dan Webb would have been there, it would have been like fishing in a bucket. I mean, he could have given an altar call. And I mean, the whole place would have come up to the stage. I mean, it was just like they were just so ripe for the moment. I was just like so taken back. But 
A similar story happened many, many years ago. Queen Victoria, as she was uh, crowned queen and ascended her throne, the royal custom at the time during Handel's Messiah was that she was not to stand during the hallelujah chorus. She was just to sit there, be real proper. So, so they get to the chorus, and they start singing that magnificent chorus, and everything's going forth, and they're singing, they're shouting, hallelujah, and uh, the Lord omnipotent reigns, and then all of a sudden she's sitting there, and everybody's kind of, she's almost like wanting to move, but she can't. And then it seemed as if she wasn't going to do anything. And then all of a sudden, they came to the next chorus, which proclaims King of Kings. King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And all of a sudden, it was like she just said, I've had enough. I don't care what the protocol is. I don't care if I'm supposed to just be sitting here. I don't, whatever. I'm getting up. So she, she stands up. She has her crown on. And guess what she does? She bows her head in honor of the king. And she bows her head before the king of kings at that moment. She didn't care because he was worth it all. And she bowed her head in honor of him. I want you to imagine on the last day when you stand before the Lord. I want you to imagine this day. You're standing before the Lord. And he says, come here. And you see the holes in his hands. And you see the love in his eyes for you. And he says, come here, I, I want to hug you. And he gives you the warmest, biggest hug you've ever received in your life. And... You feel the love just pulsating into your heart. And he looks at you. And he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. You've run the race. You've run the race. And all of a sudden you look around and you see the gallery of people. And they're cheering you. They're celebrating. The, all that you struggled through, all that you went through on this earth, but you kept the faith. And you're looking up in the grandstand, you're like, there's my grandma. Hey, mom. And you're seeing everybody, the grandstand, the, the saints of the Lord, they're, they're just honoring you and, thank, and just is celebrating that you, you've come home. And then the Lord says, but I have one last thing for you. Before you enter into my good pleasure, I want you to take a, a knee. I want you to bow before me. And he puts on your head a crown. And he gives honor to you. And at that moment, in the grandstand of people all around, they start celebrating. They start celebrating and giving honor because you finished the race well and received the crown, which is yours. That day is probably going to play out a little bit like that. And I want to encourage each of you 
that have been going through a number of very challenging situations. And it's been surfacing things in your life. But you've been willing to lay down yourself and allow those areas to be brought to death. That the Lord Jesus Christ can stand up in the middle of your life and he can occupy you and he can declare, I am Lord over my son and daughter's life. I can't wait for this day. I can't wait to see Jesus. There's times my heart just longs to want to just see him face to face. And I look forward to the reward that I'm going to receive and also the reward that you're going to receive. Amen? It's going to be a day. Oh, what a day. Happy day that we are all going to have. Amen. Let's stand. Thank you for listening to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. Connect with us on Instagram at KOG underscore Asheville and on Facebook at facebook.com slash KOG Asheville.